G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League. We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast that uh, focuses on your lesser knowns and players that are going to be uh, more relevant in your Keeper Leagues. I am joined as per usual by my co-host Kays. How you going mate? Good, Hef. Happy Tuesday. Yeah, it's a bit different. Oh, actually, we always record on Tuesday, but it was uh, different uh, having football yesterday, but uh, gives us a... Probably a little bit less time actually to prepare because I uh, usually prepare Sunday night and then, you know, Sunday and Monday and get it recorded. But uh, a lot of stuff's not available yeah. until after that game. So, yeah. It was very enjoyable though sitting down yesterday afternoon watching the footy. Uh, as long as you're not at work, it's bloody enjoyable, mate. It's Monday. What are you doing at work as a teacher? <laughs> what do you mean? We've, we do work a five-day week, mate. Not yesterday. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's always enjoyable not being oh, at yeah, work. Yeah, of course. Of course it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. And I do love the big free stuff too. I'm a bit of a sucker for that. Uh, sliding down the slide and all the good money race for motor neurons disease. It's good. Yeah. But uh, it was a good weekend of footy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I don't know about the uh, standard of a few games, but there were some good ones in there. But I guess um, we'll get stuck into that later and we'll uh, talk about uh, some of the breaking news. So, big one that might not seem that relevant, but mm. uh, Asava Radigalia got injured on Friday night. Now, he is kind of used as the pinch hit backup Ruckman for uh, for Geelong. And Ruckman are just such a, is such a position of, um, I guess it's hard to find someone that, in that position. So, this could open the door to a few players' case. What do you think? Mm. Well, obviously, if he, if he doesn't get up for um, two weeks' time, because Geelong have the buy this week. Correct. Uh, so, you'd think that Abbott or Fort are the likely ones to come back in to kind of fill that void. It's really just a bit of a, a coin toss as to actually who plays these days with uh, Abbott and Fort. I know Fort's played a couple more games than, than Abbott, but, um, you know, probably hasn't been as dominant as he obviously probably would have liked, I think. That and might they be the were, way uh, to go. Both absolutely garbage in the VFL on the weekend as well. So Yeah, 41 and 49 respectively. So. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, not good. But yeah, it could open a door there, uh, you know, and we did see Fort actually perform okay when he came into the AFL side a couple of weeks ago. So mm. yeah, we'll, guess we'll have to have a look at that one. Uh, Sean Higgins, uh, that's a big out for North Melbourne. So mm. he's done a, was, you know, we initially thought it was collarbone, but uh, it turned out to be something else, didn't it? Like a shoulder injury or something like that. Something around that area. Yeah, yeah. But he uh, more importantly cost uh, Upper North our <laughs> rivalry matchup in the buy rounds, the world, who me and Heifer part of uh, so take on the Upper the North area. For the listeners, uh, we do like a state of origin uh, kind of thing. We just run on a spreadsheet. Uh, through the buy rounds, we have uh, half the uh, leagues from Wyala, the country town, and the rest of the leagues from uh, so other places in the world, basically. <laughs> so we call ourselves the world, and yeah, we run that on a spreadsheet during the buy rounds. Good fun. But anyway, Sean Higgins let them down on the weekend with his <laughs> nine points, and I think we won by about 71, and I think he was uh, anticipated to get about 100. So yep. basically, Sean Higgins cost them the game, which is fantastic for us. But uh, you've got down here that Jack Zebu might get a bit of a bump with uh, his absence and he but he bloody went massive on the weekend 140 odd well it's either i've got him down here for two reasons yes he could get a bump but uh it's hard to go bigger than he did mm. and i guess we saw this as a result of sean higgins probably being out for the game yep. or it could be he gets a lot more attention and he takes a hit Big one, so, big yeah, question. It's just something to actually have a look at because uh, Higgins probably hasn't been performing as well mm. um, since he's gone into the midfield. So, uh, yeah, just one to watch that if he does receive, you know, the main tag now or something like that, he might uh, he might hurt uh, fantasy coaches out there. Uh, the other player, I guess it's uh, I guess we think someone to come in for him if they do bring in another midfielder. Uh, Paula Hearn wasn't 
as good on the uh, on the weekend. He did have 20 or so touches, but uh, fantasy-wise, I think he was only in the 50s. Um, but the week before, he had a big score in the VFL, so Hearn might be one that comes in. He's a bit of a like-for-like, like, but uh, yep. I'm not sure where he's at, especially with the new coach, uh, Reshaw, on the cards as well. It might be uh, a bit different. Will be, yes. And I did see in the AFL article, I think Dom Tyson's only a, a week or so away. If he can slot into that role under the new coach, we don't know. I think Aaron Hall hurt himself in the VFL on the weekend, so yep. he's not a likely option there. So, yeah. potentially just open up the door for O'Hearn here. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the idea that Simpkin might get a bit of a bump yeah, that's up a good too, one actually. so uh, I'll yeah. talk about him a bit later, but I think he might be one that steps into a bit of Higgins Well, that's midfield. the thing, because like, if they can get Simpkin to go in the midfield, like they might even bring in someone like Tom Campbell just to give uh, Goldstein a bit of a chop out or something like that, and he's absolutely killing it in the VFL as well, mm. so that could be something that comes in too. Very interesting to watch. But probably the biggest news out of uh, the guys we're talking about here is big Rory Lobb went down. I think he must have been at training last week. Yeah, didn't play, so. Um, And so, with uh, Freo having the buy last week, it's basically just opened the door straight up for big Sean Darcy to come back into the side. So, he got injured earlier in the season, came back, played a couple of games in the twos and then got injured there. Mm. Coming, he's listed as a test last week, so he's going to come back off injury straight back into the ones. It's crazy. Jeez, I'm, but they've got really no one else they can ruck, Freo. He's got to come in and do it because, you know, um, their height is an issue. They've got you know, Shane Kirsten, Rory Lobb, you know, Alex Pierce, Sandy's still injured, Taberner's injured. Um, just all their tools are basically gone. So coming up against uh, Ryder and Lysa this weekend, poor old Das. We'll probably lose, actually. He'll probably dominate and uh, we'll, we'll poor to lose. So <laughs> don't even the matter. best games in life. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, surely uh, Sean Darcy owners will be licking their lips and Rory Lobb owners will be, yeah, licking their wounds. So. Big turnaround. All right, shorter breaking news uh, due to the uh, shorter games. Uh, but anyway, we'll uh, move on to the round rewind. Okay, listeners, on to the round rewind, the segment where we recap all of the games from the weekend's action and talk about the Keeper League relevant players. Only six games this week, so it should be a short, sharp and shiny episode, but uh, still some quality content coming your way. Hashtag content. Okay, uh, Richmond Geelong on the Friday night. I managed to stay awake for most of this game. Well done. Very unusual for a Friday night for me. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, I did. I took one for the team and yeah, really kept those eyelids open. Good. Uh, Cam Guthrie, uh, 104 points, 27 disposals. He had a lot of midfield time throughout this game, and he's been getting a lot more as this season's going on. So this makes him super value as a defender, but, uh, yeah, with his 88 average this uh, season, but likely only to be a mid next year. So, I don't know, Kays, do you confidently take him into next season as a keeper, as a mid only? Uh, I wouldn't take him in confidently as a backman either, I think. You know, he's one of those ones who's – just mixes his form over the over the year, not necessarily just this year, but previous years. He's been a good scorer, you know, a few years back, and then kind of gone through a lull. If you if you're taking in like twelve or potentially even sixteen keepers, he's yeah. just on that borderline and potentially becomes a real risky proposition. Yeah. Um, you know, and some of those dice rolls work off. Uh, uh, sorry, pay off, and yeah. some of them don't. You know, I took in KK and Clark and those kind of guys this year Ugh. on those borderline ones because you think there might be something there, and then they either let you down. But then you know, on the flip side, you take in someone like Shannon Hearn from 
two years ago and all of a sudden goes bang, yeah, you know, true. for the next two years. So, with any confidence, I couldn't. But, you know, if, there's always those, you know, one or two spots in, in all keeper leagues where you kind of roll the dice and you go, all right, well, I'm going to stick my neck out here. And he could very well continue to be a good scorer next season. Could also be someone to trade out now if someone needs a defender, mm-hmm. knowing that he might not be a defender next season. Uh, you could probably get something potentially decent, especially if you're not contending this year. You get a nice little uh, a juicy rookie or something like that that Ooh, could yeah. help you for next year. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brian Myers, uh, I, I was wondering where his name come from and it, I saw uh, Roaming Brian on the on the back end of it and his dad thought the name Ryan wasn't good enough so he called him Brian. Now, as a, as a Ryan, I find that quite offensive and there is uh, no way that Brian uh, is uh, a better name Can than I start Ryan. calling you Brian now? No, uh, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so anyway, Brian Myers had uh, 86 points, uh, 21 touches and three goals. Uh, he's been an awesome pickup this season and mm-hmm. basically just wanted to point him out there. He's almost getting too good, but uh, get on almost. board for the future with this guy because uh, yeah. I think that uh, yeah that forward status is going to stick with him for a bit too. So, kind of reminds me, and I, I know this is a dumb parallel because he's got the dreadlocks, but he reminds me of Darhouse a little bit as well and playing on the same side. So, always been a handy fantasy score in keeper league format mm. so uh mm. yeah someone who could go right for the future uh brandon par fit um he's ticking along nicely if you look at him as a forward and he's 75 on the weekend and he's averaged um 76 this season 81 from the last five but he's getting a lot of midfield time so he only had two possessions inside the forward 50 in this game so can he boost his numbers enough to be a quality midfield scorer if he does lose that forward status same as cam guthrie is he worth it going forward uh, I'd be more confident taking Parfit going forward. Same. Because he's got some real tricks and, and some serious, serious talent. And, you know, I think obviously Geelong will be quite strong for, you know, still a couple of years on the back of Dangerfield, Ablett, um, Selwood, those yeah. types. But, you know, it's probably Parfit and a couple of these other guys who are coming through the next level, Constable, hopefully, um, you know, who are going to, you know, be a very, very good scorers for a long time for Geelong. So, yeah. he might not necessarily be hitting his peak, you know, this year or even next year, but, you know, he's one, if, you, if we're talking proper keeper legs, he's yeah. one that you definitely want to have. The youth factor definitely gets him over the line there. For sure. All right, Dan Butler for the Tigers. Um, scored 79. Only had seven touches, but had 11 t- uh, tackles and a goal. So, that's pretty remarkable, really. Mm. Um, seven tackles and still scored 79. So, that's a pretty decent game. Uh, he's played five games for uh, a 50 average this season. Um, and that 79 was the best score for this year. So, he's a pass for me. But uh, one I'll be watching with interest over the next few weeks to see how he goes. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of those mosquito fleety kind of yep. guys that um, Richmond have who I can never actually keep a hold of who's good and who's not. Yeah, so um, many of them. Yeah, there is and look obviously Richmond are playing pretty weak at the moment with their side so yep. it, he's one of those guys who you just don't know where their their future sits in that side but you know obviously one that we can monitor and just see how we go especially when we know that Richmond are you know going to be playing these guys a lot this season especially so you've got to get look at get a good look at them which is um always good uh, Patrick Nash played his first game, uh, 79 points, 20 touches. It's pretty solid on debut. Had a huge first quarter, I think it was around the 30s uh, that he got there. Uh, definitely one to keep your eye on because, uh, you know, if you can score at that rate, there's some potential there and it could just be a tank type thing as to why he slowed down or Richmond did kind of fall out of the game around the same time he stopped scoring mm. too. But uh, if Richmond get on top of a few teams, uh, yeah, he might be a decent one. Got some dash. One for to watch sure. for sure. Uh, Ivan Soldo, 75 points and 33 hitouts. Um, if you need a ruck right now, you could do a lot worse than Ivan Soldo. But uh, Nank will come back, obviously. So, I guess just try to handcuff him. Mm-hmm. If you don't have one of the two, um, you probably want to get one of them. I guess if you've got Nank, you want to get Soldo. And if you've got Soldo, you probably want to get Nank somehow. You definitely want to double up. Yep. Uh, Jack Higgins, uh, 44 points. Is it time to write him off, Case? 
I don't think so. I think if you're talking about his pedigree, you've got to you've got to keep him around. Um, I'm start, it's starting to tire for me. I'm getting sick of hearing fantasy pedigree about this guy. Well, you're the one that keeps talking about it. Oh, I'll keep bringing him up because I just noticed his scores. Well, where's he at though? You know, like uh, he's probably should be taking a bigger step up with you know the outs that are currently in uh, their side. So yeah. it is a bit potentially a bit concerning. Uh, is this the second year Blues? Like his first year wasn't great. Yeah. Is this the second year Blues though? He's averaging 67 in his second year. He averaged 61 last year, you know. Okay, so he's actually ahead. What do you kind of expect from these, you know, we were, oh, I'm a big third year breakout guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you if you're pegging him to have a second year breakout, you know, he started off all right with an 80 and a 70 in his first three games and was pushing, you know, hundreds, but he has dropped off the last couple of weeks, but you know, I'm probably willing to give him willing to give him the benefit of the doubt going into next season. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like blokes that do have the fantasy pedigree going in, someone like James Warple, um, mm. I guess a similar type player, um, you know, midfield McHugh. forward. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's kind of jumped ahead. And But I, I just don't see him, like I see him as a small forward only. That's right. where I'm starting to look at him. And mm. that's I just cannot see him making that transfer to mid- midfield. Yeah. More and more each week I'm starting to think that. So uh, that's the only thing I'm thinking with uh, Jack Higgins. Yeah, it is interesting. He's playing a fair bit of time on ground. So, you yeah. know, he's, he's well over the 80% mark in each of his games. So, yeah. you know, he's getting a good run at it. So that's not really an excuse for him. So yeah. I, I'd still stick with him. Um, but, you know, I, I'm probably looking to him for next year. Perhaps if he wasn't playing for Richmond, who aren't the greatest fantasy scoring side as well, he might be doing better. Probably helps. Uh, Noel Bolter, only 38 this week. Week, so I know maybe Soldo's taking some of his points, uh, but I just wanted to make a point of that that he is down on his usual output. But I guess with these younger players, they are going to have their ups and downs as well. So don't despair too much, but just watch uh, intentively just to see what Soldo is actually doing to his scoring. Yep. Ah, the blockbuster that was Carlton versus Brisbane. I don't know how Brisbane let this slip. It's uh, genuine. Couple guns at work, Patrick Cripps being one, but uh, the guy who's e- just equally as good and too good for this pod is Sam Walsh. But uh, how just a rising star, surely he's got that wrapped up this year. 137 points he scored on the weekend. You know, I know that your boy <laughs> has been doing quite well down at Port Adelaide, and a couple others have been playing some good footy, but you just can't look past him. He's just been that good. Nah, the numbers he's putting up make him too good. Now, yep. you might see someone like Rosie. He's pretty flashy. He does a few nice things in the game. But if you're getting the ball that consistently, you're getting the pill that much. And I know they do. there's criticisms. The only criticism really of Walsh is that he's a bit boring. Um, you know, stock standard player gets the ball, that hits was, a target. Yeah, no, you know, oh, I hate tough. it when my players yeah, exactly. you know, get the ball exactly. and kick it to someone. Yeah, it's so annoying. He's got an awesome kick and he kicks it a lot. Uh, mm. and he's going to use it. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, 20 metres, 30 metres, 40 metres, like as long as he's using it effectively. Correct. Um, yeah, I can't see rising star going other w- any other way unless he gets injured which we hope we don't see but uh, anyway let's move on to some players yeah, uh, yeah that are, are good oh, sorry aren't good enough for this podcast <laughs> and I don't even know how it works <laughs> that are good enough because they're not as good yeah, um, like yeah so Will Satterfield I'll start off with I'm not his biggest fan after this season I've seen he was pretty solid with 86 there which was aided by eight marks uh, along with his 18 touches for me, I reckon he's playing for his kind of football career in a way and, and it definitely his fantasy career. Like he was very much hyped up um, this preseason. You know, he's going to be the, you know, the next gun of the Carlton midfield and he hasn't really shown me a lot that uh, gets me too excited. So I want to see a bit more action from Will uh, and a bit less hype. So he's uh, kind of just plodding along at the moment. So he's one I want to keep an eye on, but, you know, there's a lot of people who are excited or have been excited about him and I'm just not buying into that hype just yet. So Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a bit of the same. I'm a bit disappointed the way he started this season and uh, I just can't see where the scoring is going to come from as well. Because so. he's getting opportunities. Yeah. Not, you know, it's it's a bit a bit heartbreaking. Um, Sam Petreski-Seaton. So I think we've um, probably said he's too good for this pod, but I just kind of want to bring up a stat that I found when I was doing a bit of research for the pod uh, on the weekend. 
And this will make his owners absolutely froth and give him so mu- give you so much faith about having him. If you look at his last three, he scored 93 from 67% time on ground, Ooh. 89 from 78%, and 97 from 76%. So, well over a point a minute. Yeah. So, he is absolutely tracking. So, if he can keep building up his tank over the rest of this season you know, and come into next season after a good pre-season... He could be a serious, serious scorer, especially if Colton actually finally get their act together and improve, you know, with the Crips and Walsh's round. So, he's one that I would love to get my hands on if I could in a, in a long-term keeper because I think he's got absolute scoring pedigree. He's one of those zippy players, though, that probably does need a fair bit of rest, just the, the kind of way he plays. He goes all in for a bit and then, mm. uh, yeah, has to kind of uh, replenish on the bench. So, I don't know. Um, I still think there's definitely upside to his time on ground numbers, but I just don't know how much more. Mm. Uh, Jacob Wetering. So, he's a bit of a monitor player for me, and I've always felt that he's had a bit of fantasy game, but he's never actually been able to show it. Um, you know, with David Teague in, it'll be interesting to see the direction that he uses Wetering with. If he can play a bit more loose and start intercepting, being given a bit more freedom to, you know, intercept Mark, use the ball properly, I think he could kind of push up to be a handy-ish scoring defender. So, he scored 80 on the weekend. With these guys, they always have quite high time on ground because, you know, they, they tend to spend a lot of time out on the on the park because they're taller and don't run as much. But I feel if he gets a bit of help around him and gets a bit of a license to roam, I think he could almost become a bit Michael Hurley-ish in his scoring ability where, you know, pushing mid to high 70s, I think. But, you know, he's kind of been let down by recruiting and, and not having anyone else that can take key posts. So he's had to play that boring fullback role. And, you know, you're not taking a number one draft pick to basically come and sit at full back I don't think so I think he's got some ability just how it comes out I'm not sure I can't trust any key defender so I just can't think of like too many off the top of my head that consistently average 80 year after year after year Martin so Hurley? yeah that's about it really that's the only one I can really think of off the top of my head and even th- even then like he's still quite a bit of a yo-yo like he'll go big and then go small so well, um I just think just he's actually me, I think he's no. got some ability so he's just one I want to watch for the rest of the season and see how Tiger uses him and just uh, see what happens there Fair enough. Uh, well, the weekend was obviously a bit of a train wreck for the Lions, so uh, not many great scores coming out there. But uh, Lewis Taylor had another 72, which is not too bad. Uh, his form's been good the last three weeks. He's um, probably becoming uh, a bit of a good backup option due to um, you know his consistency here, and it looks like he's cemented his spot in the Lions team after kind of three good weeks. So yep. if you are looking for someone who's pretty consistent around that 70 mark and uh, obviously can go higher like he did last week. He might be one to look at to fill up your, your spots. No, I do like Louis Taylor in this uh, Keeper League format for sure. Uh, one I want to talk about which is a bit sad is Big Steph Martin. Yeah. I think he's officially gone. Yep. So, uh, he's averaging 77 this season. He's 32 and he's only turned up once which is not great especially his average draft position was 28. Yeah, like I know free. I know it's all a bit skewed sometimes, and sometimes rucks do go earlier. But he went very early in a lot of leagues, especially you know after that rush goes with Gorn and um, and uh, Grundy. But yep. uh, he was well beaten by Cruiser. So I think if you can and you uh, are able to, I think move him on. Like if there's a potential coach who needs him, if they need ruck back up, if they're chasing a flag and they've got someone younger or a bit more inconsistent, yeah, I'd try and get rid of him. At, 
all costs. And then probably look at your next step because Archie Smith isn't really showing much fantasy game either. So nope. a bit concerning up at the lines with what's going to happen in that, that ruck format. Do they have to bring someone in and then who could it be? It's going to be tough if you're a Steph Martin owner. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch what happens at Brisbane in their ruck department over the next uh, few years because, yeah, I'm the kind of same uh, same thinking on Smith. So, yeah, it could be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely think uh, Steph Martin's on the way down. And lastly, Jacob Allison. So he came in after some really good uh, needful form. Started off like a house on fire with um – uh, did he have a goal in the first quarter? Only ended up scoring 47 from 71% time on ground, um, 11 touches and a tackle. So, probably need a bit more from him. He kind of played a similar game to Ben Keys last week and then he got dropped just that, you know, started all right but kind of tapered off and scored around that mid-50. So, yep. interesting to see what happens there. Um, it did look like Link McCarthy copped a bit of a knock. So, interesting to see if he comes out and if he holds his spot. I think he does have some ability. He'll just be one to watch for the rest of the season and see how he kind of fits into this um, this. Lions outfit. Moving on to the Gold Coast Suns versus North Melbourne. My God. Uh, Will Brody. Yes. All praise be to Will. The kid's finally got a chance and he's absolutely dominated. Absolute yep. beast score of 142 points, 29 tackle, uh, twenty-nine touches, nine tackles and a sausage roll, all from 82% time on ground, which is pretty good going. So, he's had a pretty good year. Like, I know he's been in and out, but he's played three games. Uh, he's had an 86 from 73% time on ground and a 71 from 69% time on ground. And he's only 67% owned. So... Yep. If he obviously sticks in around this side and with a few injuries that Gold Coast now have to, you know, Miller and and the like, he could be one who just goes bananas from now on in. Yeah, no, nah, it was um, it was awesome to see him actually get a uh, get a chance. I'm just trying to have a look at his disposal efficiency. So he ran at a uh, 69%. So that's always been a uh, a bit of an issue with him as well. Um, that and not being able to take contested pill, contested uh, sorry uncontested pill. But uh, he had big uncontested numbers this week as well. But uh, yeah, the disposal efficiency wasn't too bad. Especially it was good for Will Brody anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so my thinking is, does he replace Jack Bowes for good? So does Jack Bowes never come back? Case. No, Jack Bowes is coming back. They just signed him to a big contract because they love him and he's going to be the future captain of Gold Coast Suns. That's right. But the uh, the good part of this, and maybe not for uh, this year, but if, it depends when uh, Bose comes back, but he could take that permanent midfield role off Bose and it could see Bose go back into a defensive post. Well, yeah, he's got probably another six weeks out of the game, so it'll be interesting to see what happens to Jackie Boy when he comes back. But, um, you know, they've got a f- if you know, they can get Bose firing, Brody firing, Ainsworth firing, um, along with, you know, Miller and those likes. They've, they've got an okay squad it's just you know they got to start gelling and actually start winning some games but uh looking at the scores it was pretty damn thin after that it was really just about the old too good for the pod now Darcy McPherson another 98 and I'm really liking what I'm seeing with Lockie Willer I know I said it last week but he had 95 and he just continues to build this season and uh, it's actually becoming a pretty reliable batman which is good for him I think I traded him for Heath Shaw last year and I'm a bit sad about it now Oh, but Heath Shaw's the hottest prospect in AFL football, apparently. Yeah, I know, I know. I had to do it to win the flag, but, you know, I'm just still sad that I don't know. Lockie Can't well. believe we're still talking about this flag story. Anyway. I'm going to be talking about it all year, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Kane hand Turner, that trophy moving on, <laughs> Kane Turner. Uh, he had 96 points. Um, basically, he's a bit of a quality over quantity player, though. So, looking back through his stats, he's only had one ton in five seasons of footy. Uh, usually plays a good game or two where he scores well and then just goes back to his, you know, 40s or 50s. Uh, he's got some ability but he's just uh, not a very high possession winner. So please don't get sucked into him if you're looking to 
to fill up a waiver spot over the next week or so. Uh, Jai Simpkins, so we talked about him at the top of the show. Uh, he'd returned to a bit of form with 84 points. I do really like him and I still think he's developing. So he is also a bit more of a quality over quantity type at the moment. But I do think that Sean Higgins uh, being out might really help him uh, get a bit more midfield time um, and a bit more responsibility. So he's one I'm going to be looking to in the next two or three weeks to see how he, he goes with that and yep. hopefully starts bumping up his scoring. And if you don't uh, have him or if you are in need of a, a decent player who might have a bit of a um, good couple of weeks ahead, he's only 60% owned. So uh, is still available in quite a few leagues. Now, very interested to see how Josh Simkin goes over the next uh, few weeks, especially with Higgins out. And lastly for the game, Mason Wood. I reckon he must listen to the podcasts because ever since we started potting him, he's yep. really just started to deliver. So he's gone 92, 92 and 93 in his last three games. The big question is how he's going to go against an actual good side with a side with a good defense so um, obviously Gold Coast aren't too great I think he, they played um, Richmond the week before who were a bit unmanned there at the moment so he comes up against GWS and Collingwood who are both quite good defensive units uh, so we see how he goes then I still think he's a risky risky choice um, he has been a bit hot and cold it's great to see that he's kind of hit a bit of uh, consistency over the last three weeks, but I just don't know if I can trust him yet, Hef. Now, anyone who uh, knows Mason Wood's history would be wary, I think. And mm. uh, yeah, even though those scores do look flattering, yeah, I'm the same, still can't trust him. Now, just a little pop quiz before I finish off. Off the top of your head, who is the highest averaging North Melbourne fantasy scorer this season? Uh, is it Jack Zebel? It is not. It would have been before, uh, sorry, no, he's fourth. Okay. Uh, Sean Higgins is up there, but he obviously, his nine has affected his scoring. Yep. Guess who the highest scoring Rue is? Oh, I've got no idea, Case. Oh, I can't think of anyone off my head that's actually fantasy relevant. I know, it's crazy. Yeah. Trent Dumont. Yeah, right. Oh, 96. That makes sense. He yeah. is the highest scoring. I was thinking none of them are over 100. Like, yeah. I knew none of them are over 100. So. If you look through a lot of uh, squads, there's a lot of teams who don't have an average a player averaging over 100 this year. So um, it does show that, you know, some teams do play some very fantasy friendly football and some do not. So yeah. uh, take that into calculations for when you, you're drafting ahead. But yeah, good on Trent Dumont for, you know, delivering this year while the rest of his teammates just be shit. All right, moving on to Adelaide Crows versus GWS Giants. I watched this down at the uh, Port Admiral Hotel uh, after a day at Albert and Oval watching Charlie Dixon uh, kick uh, six goals. Uh, sorry, five goals in the twos. Any good beers on tap down the Admiral at the moment? <laughs> always, always. Uh, the whole bolter range, a lot of pirate life. So, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, Delicious. <laughs> let's get stuck into Yeah, don't worry about the uh, beer selection. they got you covered there. Uh, good local pub. But let's get into the Adelaide Crows. Let's stop talking about Port Adelaide uh, things. And Adelaide Crows versus GWS. Uh, so, first, uh off the rank is Riley O'Brien. 101 points, 29 hitouts. Surely he keeps his spot on the side. You can't see Jacobs coming back in. Nah, not at this point in time. Um, and you just look at the way, I guess, Mumford did win the taps, I guess, I think only just, but still, um, you know, they won the game and he was feeding their midfield most night. He was His hitouts to advantage, I think, were good mm. as well. So I just can't see him losing his spot and I cannot see Ruck, uh, Crows playing two Ruckman. So nah. he has to stay in. 100%. Yep. Yep. Move on. Uh, Luke Brown, he had 89. Uh, this is his first score over 65 for the year. Mm. Um, Brody Smith and uh, Rory Laird's numbers were both down as well. So it was probably a result of those getting more attention. We talk about how good uh, GWS's defensive unit is. So those two were probably getting a lot more attention. Uh, so, yeah, thinking that this might just be a slight bump due to that. But definitely watch with interest to see how he goes. But mm -hmm. I can't see it uh, sustainable. Uh, Jake Kelly, though, 73 this week, 83 from his past 
plus three. That's his uh, three game average. He's been really serviceable, and he definitely wouldn't be the worst D five in no. the world. Um, he's someone I've kind of said no, never before. Yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, at the moment, the way he's scoring, if you can get him off the waivers or you know cheaply in a trade or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't be the worst bloke to uh, stick in your last defender spot. Yeah, we talked about him about a month ago, and he's kind of continued that good form. So mm. now, as we said, def- you know that defender five spot is always bloody hard to find someone who scores consistently and you know um, some decent scores too so um, yeah definitely get on board on to the Giants Uh, Harry Perryman he had 96 points again uh, averaging 93 if you take out his injury affected score of 25 Mm -hmm. I think it was Uh, he's racking it up up across half back so you see numbers like this and you know he can kind of go in the midfield if you need to but you see numbers like this and you think he's probably you know running through the mid and that's where he's getting his points from but he's actually doing it from the half back flank Uh, I think Whitfield out is probably helping him Uh, Mm -hmm. well it's only been one week but uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's going to help him going forward so you should see some uh, good scoring out of him and then I think the best thing is he should keep his DPP next season so love him all over him Uh, he sure case he turned up again who he sure who he sure Uh, he sure yeah, yeah, nice. I just wanted to remind you everyone and everyone else at that time you said he'd be dropped mid-season. No, I said he'd be dropped if GWS weren't going to make the finals. I'll have to rewind that one. Rewind uh, it. That's <laughs> what I said. I'm very confident about that. No, GWS definitely made the finals. So. Well, that, then my point is moot and we move on. Nick Haynes, uh, 84 points uh, this week, uh, 10 marks. Uh, lots of them intercept too, so we like those numbers here at the yeah, Keeper League. Yeah. Uh, average uh, 78 this season. Uh, he's reasonable depending on his role. So you have to think about who he's matching up against because he's kind of that hybrid, kind of plays lockdown but can kind of play loose and it depends what's going on uh, if he has to kind of play on a taller kind of forward or whatever or if they play against the Crows where you've got a lot of running defenders and um, that kind of opens it up for him to get a few intercept marks on some of those shorter blokes. So, uh, yeah, he was um, he was good on the weekend and definitely you could do worse again in those last defender spots than uh, Nick Haynes. Uh, Daniel Lloyd had uh, 79 points and that's his top scorer of the year. He does some nice things but he's not a lot of a, a ball winner and uh, yeah, there's not a lot of ball to go around in, t- in the um, GWS. Sorry, not a lot of points to go around seeing that you've got Taranto and Canelio and all those blokes uh, scoring monsters each week. So anyway, uh, behind uh, Himmelberg and Finlayson, he's kind of, and Cameron as well, he's kind of lowered down in the pecking order up forward. So uh, none of the above were really firing so I think this was uh, why his score was good mm-hmm. um, but still probably not for me he doesn't really play the fantasy type for mine yep. moving on to the Sydney Swans uh, versus West Coast Eagles uh, Dane Rampey 130 this week and he's averaging 108 from his last three mm. so do we need to start taking him seriously Case? I don't know. He's always just been that guy who's just scored 60s and 60s and 60s and 60s. I always get a bit, you know, funny when someone like him or a Brad Shepard or something like that all of a sudden goes bananas and everyone gets excited. I, yeah. It's obviously dependent on role a lot and, you know, obviously with – um. Uh, yeah, Cunningham and uh, a couple others out in that back line. He does get a bit more ball, you know, kicking takings obviously helped yeah. as well. So well, my thinking is just they're running out of good ball users in defence. Um, and I think they might be trying to get into his hands a little bit more. Um, but I think some of it is a result of just the matchups and the games a little bit too. But that said, on the weekend, like he's still, you know, there's still quite a bit of tall timber in the uh, West Coast uh forward line there's three uh, they play three tools or two tools and it's kind of half tall um, so you think we'd have to play a bit more lockdown but no he's still managing to uh, rack it up a bit so I don't know let's uh, keep looking at him uh, do, do we jump on I wouldn't go after him in a trade or anything like that but uh, it's too risky nah. you know, he's interesting 79 he's 29 years old yeah. you know look he has been scoring some you know pretty well most of the year but he does pull out those you know 41s and 58s and 50s and that kind of thing depending on the matchup so you yeah. know 
would you be? I'd be trusting in Nick Haynes or something like that more than I'd be trusting in Dane Rampy. That, yeah, that would sure. be my gut go. If you've got him though, you got to be starting him. So that's oh, yeah. where we'll leave oh, it yeah. at that. Uh, Tom Papley had a huge game: uh, 122 points, 27 touches, and five goals. Wow. So this brings his average up to 80 for the season, and he has his ups and downs. But I think he's another one you've got to be playing him if you've got him because he is capable of this sort of stuff. Um, playing predominantly forward as well, so he's not pushing up to the guts to get the points, which makes this performance kind of. Uh, a bit more impressive as well. But, uh, again, he'll probably keep his forward status and hopefully become half decent. He's got some serious talents. his third ton for the year too. So, does have some um, scoring chops. Yeah, for sure. Um, Callum Mills, 108 points, 25 touches, 11 marks. That's his biggest score of the year, the 108. Probably ever. Yeah, and McVeigh injured should see a few extra points go his way, but nothing too crazy. So, But, yeah, he could, uh, you know, fingers crossed he's just found his kind of bit of form and he's going to just keep this going. Um, some other good performers for the day and probably not well, people that we kind of talk about frequently or blokes that probably aren't that relevant, like Alir Alir, he had 92. Georgie Hewitt had 94. He's going to be a gun, Georgie Hewitt. Yeah, he should be all right. Um, Oliver Florent, someone else we talk about a lot, uh, 88. Ryan Clark, okay, so he's found his uh, new role as a tagger, played on Gaff a bit this week. Um, Now, you're saying that, uh, I guess... um, he is going to be more fantasy relevant now that he's a tagger because he's yep. going to be in the midfield a little bit more, yep. um, killing other blokes' uh, fantasy scores as well. But does that mean we see the end of the defender status and he becomes like an 80 average you know, midfielder? Probably. Yeah. So, you know, potentially has a bit more trade value this year yep. as a, a back um, Exactly. Well, I'm so. thinking just get rid of him if someone who's not really aware what's going on uh, to, to know he's actually tagging at the moment and playing through the midfield. Uh, yeah, that you might be able to get a bit more than he's probably worth because people just see the the 80s that he pumps out and think that's pretty good for a defender. I would like to see him kind of actually score like this for the rest of the season to reassess where he's at because, you know, as we've said a lot through this this season already, like he has scored well in the past. It's just, you know, trying to find his role at Sydney has been a bit tough for him. Just doing it consistently. And just getting, you know, just get some points on the board and, you know, who knows what happens. For the West Coast Eagles, uh, Brad Shepard, he had a bit of a slump in the uh, past few weeks, but he's had back-to-back 89s in the last two. So, Hearn out would help him a bit this week, you'd think, but uh, I think we can rely on him. We've been kind of, I don't know, tossing up whether we think he's going to hold his form or he's going to drop off. I think it's there. I think it's uh, credible and, uh, yeah, he's going to... Keep going, what, keep going around his mark at the moment. Not someone I'd be chasing if I wasn't hunting nah, a flag. No. Yeah. If you've got him, you've got lucky, basically, and just ride it out, and uh, it probably won't last too long. But, uh, you know, beyond this season, see a lot of defenders like this uh, pop up here and there and then kind of go backwards. But mm-hmm. who knows? We saw what happened to Shannon Hearn after a lifetime of nothing. So yeah. could uh, could go the right way. Uh, Liam Ryan, 79 points, and, you know, looks looks impressive, but Sydney aren't the best for closing down this uh, smalls. So uh, Jetta had 74 too, just to kind of reiterate that fact. Um, so, yeah, just uh, don't get too sucked into that one. Kay's on to Collingwood versus Melbourne. Yes, the Queen's birthday game, Collingwood v Melbourne. I'll start with Collingwood and I'll start with a guy that we had a lot of man love for in the preseason and he finally got his first game of the season. We are talking, of course, about the big bull, Braden Sire. And Jeezy was good. 95 points from 63% time on ground. That is just unreal numbers. 23 touches and nine tackles. I just absolutely love him from in here on in. No beams. It's all about the ball this year. Get on board. Yep, nah. Finally, uh, good to see him back as well. But, yeah, nothing to add for me. That's You've summed it up perfectly, Case. Uh, Nat Fife Jr., a.k.a. Jaden Stephenson, played <laughs> probably his best game of his career, I would say. He had 111 from 19 touches and kicked three goals three. 
He's going to be a star. Like, I've got no doubt about that. Uh, the Nat Fife junior call was probably spot on. Uh, will he jump in the midfield permanently this year? No, probably next year. Maybe not. A bit more opportunity. But he's still going as a second-year player as an 81 average forward, which is pretty damn good, especially for a guy with a pretty light frame. Uses the ball perfectly. Um, he's going to be a jet. So if you can somehow wrangle him into your side, I'd be doing that sooner rather than later. Yep, absolute class player. Got no doubt he's going to be a fantasy star. Will Hoskin Elliott, he definitely had his best game for the season this year. He uh, racked up 19 touches, 109 points and three sausage rolls. He got forward a lot on the weekend, kind of got a few cheapies uh, running into goal. And he can do this. And he's one of those guys who I uh, think when he first got to Collingwood, started off scoring pretty well. It was actually one of the, the hottest kind of waiver pickups um, then. And the last two weeks has been good. He's had a 91 and a 109. So is this something we can kind of think that he's building up to a bit of form and a bit of scoring prowess or is it just a bit of flash in a pan and you know he might go back to his kind of 60-ish average uh, ability. No, I think any player coming off injury will go through a slump and the role he plays is definitely fantasy friendly so I don't know I wouldn't be uh you know, I wouldn't be putting the house on it that he'd keep this up, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Let's just say that. Yeah, and he's a hard runner, so they've got yeah. a lot of hard. You know, someone like a Phillips who you know runs all day, just keeps getting them get getting touches. Hoskinelli has a bit of that about him too, so not your worst pickup for a for a good forward. Uh, Chris Main, he's uh, just delivering in his uh, older age. He scored eighty eight points from twenty touches, and I think if you are hunting a flag, he is a fantastic trade in target because. I had a look, bit more, a bit more of a look at his stats. Now, if you look at it, he's just an eighty-two point eight average um, player, but that includes uh, a couple of you know games with uh, an injury and low time on ground. Yeah. So if you take those two games out and just look at the games where he's played eighty percent time on ground, which is basically all of them, bar two where he was injured and coming back from injury, he's averaging ninety-seven point five. Yeah, right. So he seriously can score and he's playing well. Uh, he's playing a great role at Collingwood too. So he's got a bit of a stigma about him about being a bit of a hack and being a bit old. So if you're hunting a flag, I would be actually chasing him because he might get in for peanuts. That's my little tip of the week. I don't know about peanuts, but definitely in keeper leagues, he probably has a little bit less value going forward and there'll be some doubters out there as well you know Chris Main hasn't always been the best fantasy scorer he's having a good season but there'll be people out there thinking he's not going to maintain this beyond this year and he's Mm -hmm. no value to me in future years he's no value to me now so yeah you definitely could trade him off to someone who is hunting a flag for sure Uh, looking at Melbourne it was good to see uh, Gus Brayshaw back and uh, stick it up to the doubters who thought he was gone in terms of fantasy football so if you held on to him through the tough period good on you Uh, Bailey Fritch he was everywhere on the weekend. He uh, had 97 points, 26 touches and eight marks. He played a pretty damn good game off the halfback flank. He'll definitely be holding his back status that he's got uh, added to him this season. So he's definitely one to target if you're um, if you're looking for someone to kind of stock up your, your ranks for further on, especially while his average is down. So if he starts playing this kind of good footy and really finds his spot on the halfback flank, I think he's just going to keep rocketing up uh, in value. And he's only 59% owned, so a pretty good uh, tra- um, waiver option. And while his scoring hasn't been fantastic, the role does suit the fantasy. And the fact that he's playing every week, he's cemented mm-hmm. his slot in this side. He's got a lot to learn. I know he's a mature age recruit, but he hasn't played a lot of AFL standard football. And uh, I think we just with time, we've got to give him the same allowance as we do to the younger players to actually build. And I think he can uh, come good. There's definitely potential there. For sure. Uh, speaking of older players, Stephen May. He's uh, one I've actually always been a fan of. So... He's a bit more of a well-rounded, high-scoring Harris Andrews. You know, these kind of defenders that I do like because they are just a lock-in D4, D5. So he came back and had 74 from 94% time on ground. So you don't 
I don't necessarily worry too much about how much time on ground they're playing as a key defender because they do spend do tend to spend more time out on the ground. But I think that's great because it gives them more opportunity to score because he can't score on the bench. So um, I think he's uh, going to be a good pick up late. He's only 51% owned in league, so a nice little steal uh, to come in and chalk up your D4, D5. The last couple of seasons, he's been a mid to high average 70th player. And I think that that kind of push, I think, make a bet with someone early this year that he can kind of push 80 this season. So um, he's got a bit of time left in the season to, to grow at Melbourne. But I do like Stephen May as that kind of regular consistent score about there. What is it with you and key defenders scoring 80? It doesn't happen. It does, mate. <laughs> well, not 80, but what's wrong with the mids? If you can lock in someone who's going to score your mid-70 each week or mid to high 70s each week in your D4 or D4, probably D5, especially in a deepish league, I think that's great. Yeah, okay. Well, They uh, take intercept marks. Yeah, yeah, I know They mark that. and kick. Obviously. They mark and kick. So, that's where their game is and that's, you know, six points each time. I'm just saying if you tallied up all the key defenders that ever played the game, there'd be very few. Yeah, but you, can't, no, you can't always get like Lockie Whitfields or Christian Salem's like, they're taken, you know, like these are the guys that we talk about because they're shit in theory, but they're actually quite handy in a keeper league. Depending on the depth of your league though. So like our league, we only play four defenders. You can definitely get four running type defenders to fill those spots. Yeah, but I'd like to see through the board, you know, what their fourth averaging defender is. Yeah, probably more than Stephen May. Anyway, yeah. moving on to the next player. Case. Don't agree. Anyway, Oscar McDonald, he is a bit of another handy find for the Ds. He's he had a 76 from 18 touches in the weekend. So, three of his four games have all been 70 plus scores, which is a good kid, uh, which is a good um, effort for a kid in their second year on the list. Just a bit of a monitor for me for the rest of the season. I think uh, he might have a bit of talent. Just uh, watch him for the rest of 2019. And just lastly, I'd like to spare a thought for all you Tom McDonald owners out there. <laughs> he is just stinking it up. His average draft position this year was 69 and he's averaging 53. Yep. Yuck. No good. Um, but yeah, again, key position player. Uh, yeah, hate to say I told you so. Anyway, let's move on to nothing about Tom McDonald. I'm talking about our listeners here. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's move on to From the Twos. On to From the Twos, the uh, segment where we talk about all the state league scorers. We give you the top five uh, from each competition, uh, always starting with the great state. Kays, who are our top scorers from the Sandful? Your love child, Patrick Wilson, scored 135 for the Crowies, but he won't play. William Drew, he had 134. He's got to be close to a return, but Porter looking pretty strong at the moment, especially when Ollie Wines can't get a gig. William or Willem? Well, I didn't. I've actually accidentally met said <laughs> William, but it's know, okay. the name police over here. Uh, Miles Paholke, he had 120. He's, uh, you know, been playing pretty well in the twos and in and out of the, the team in the ones. Ollie Wines returned for his first ever game at Alberton, I think it was. He's never played for the Maggies before. So no, I can't think of a time he has. He had 117. Yeah. And and Bryce Gibbs continues his good SNFL form, scoring 1-1-1, but uh, you wouldn't back him getting into the Crows' side. No, I bet he wishes he was playing in the ones. Uh the other one to uh, note who should be coming back soon, who's not mentioned there, was just Charlie Dixon, who kicked a fire, but he was mentioned earlier, but he had a huge game and he was the next one out from the top five. So uh, definitely he's available in a lot of leagues and can be a decent fantasy scorer. Uh, VFL onto that league. Uh, Braden Proust, 141. He's averaging 110 this season. So Big numbers. Yeah, absolutely no chance he's probably getting a game anytime soon. But anyway, uh, Corey Wagner, he had uh, 137. Tom Campbell just absolutely dominating the VFL at the moment, 130. 
135 this week, brings his average to 123. Uh, Jay Locker had a huge game in the VFL as well, 131. So hopefully he sees himself come back into uh, the one sometime soon, mm. uh, more particularly for the AFL Fantasy Classic players, but uh, he's in quite a few teams there. But, uh, yeah, he could be uh, someone handy that comes back in. And uh, Shai Bolton, he had 125 on the weekend for the Tigers. So, yeah, let's move on to the Wonder League. That is the kneefall. Surely there's some uh, 150s in here, Case. There is a 150 for Ryan Bastanak. What a player he is. Uh, <laughs> so Sam, enthusiastic. Sam Wicks, 143. Ryan Lester, 137. Darcy Cameron, 130. Still can't get a sniff in there. The Swans team there with numbers like that. But here we go, Kays. And this the one? biggest crime of them all, Jackson Hately, 120. And he still can't get a game for GWS. It's just an absolute shame. Hasn't gone under 100 in the kneeful since the season started. And the only games he hasn't played were the ones where he's playing for GWS. Poor boy. <laughs> he's killing it. Anyway, onto the waffle. Uh, Keegan Brooksby, he had uh, 135 this week. Chris Maston, 122 potential, someone that could come in. There were a few, uh, I think, a few suspensions and a few injuries for West mm, Coast. Yep. They got the week off, so I'll have to wait and see there, though. Uh, Hamish Brayshaw, 110. So, um, again, another one who could be uh, knocking down the door to come into that West Coast side. I'm expecting a few changes from West Coast, just they're not performing as well as they would like, and I think they might start trying a few new things here and there soon. Uh, Matthew Allen had 106, and Jackson Nelson had 87. Mm. All right, on to the captain's call. Okay, on to the captain's call. So in this segment, I'll look at a few uh, probably uh, less expected uh, captain options uh, and just guys that go on, I guess, historical data or current form that we think they're uh, likely to uh, make them go big, I guess. So the first one uh, for the captain's call is uh, Basha Hooley. So his last three averages is 129. He had 105 uh, last week. I accidentally made him captain in AFL Fantasy Classic because I traded out Whitfield for Hooley and forgot to change the C and pumped out 105 which was respectable and I still got the W so uh, yeah not too bad Uh, Josh Dunkley is another one that could uh, go well this season so I guess versus uh, Carlton he averages 96 and again last three average of 119 Mm. and with the quality out this week just due to buys he's definitely someone who could go big uh, playing on Marvel as well a good fantasy scoring deck Uh, Rowan Marshall uh, having a huge season 111 last three average uh, never played against Gold Coast before, but uh, they're giving up points. Uh, yeah, they're leaking points essentially. So another one that should go big as well as the form he's in. He's averaging 94 for the season. So, you know, you'd at least spec that. Uh, Jack Zebo is another one that we like just due to Higgins going down. Uh, also averaged 100 at Blundstone Arena and 92 against GWS. So, yeah, some good uh, history there. Now, Sam Walsh just going on form. Uh, Excellent choice, 37, 137 last week, 92 average for the season. But he's only played Western Bulldogs once earlier in this season, but he had 113 against them and 104 on the same deck. Uh, sorry, 104 at Marvel. Um, he is averaging this season as well. So on the same deck that he uh, that he loves, he's scoring really well there this year. I think uh, that's another one that could uh, yeah go well. Dustin Martin's back. Um, he averages 106 at Adelaide Oval as well. So he loves the place. He loves tearing, uh, tearing it up down there. And uh, last but not least is uh, Dyson Heppel now. He averages 101 versus Hawthorne and 97 at Marvel Stadium. So, um, yeah, he's another one that we think he could go big because of the uh, slim pickings this weekend. 
So the Captain's Call, I guess, are based on our Patreon projections. So each week we take historical um, data into into account and uh, current form and we kind of take an estimate of what players might score on the weekend and we use that to kind of analyse this data. Um, we also uh, put up on our Patreon page uh, State League fantasy scores. Um, so again, the State League fantasy scores you can get from uh, the individual apps, but we kind of organise all the data so it's side by side. You can see what uh, the players scored round by round. Uh, if you go to the apps, you have to kind of find the player within the team, click on them, then go back and click on the other team. It's just really annoying to use. Um, so with our, our stately fantasy scores, you can see all players side by side, filter by team, all that sort of stuff. And it also filters out um, the players that are uh, AFL listed as well, which is kind of good. Um, so the other thing we've got coming up for the Patreon is uh, the mid-season breakout tracker. So I just need an evening where I can get that sorted, um, but I'm struggling to find it with a uh, nine-month-old baby who's constantly sick. So uh, I will get that up before the end of the buy rounds over the next uh, two weeks. So I oh, would just, yeah, just need some solid time to pump into that and it's almost there. So uh, yeah, if you're interested in joining the Patreon and uh, have a look at all of this uh, stuff, um, head to patreon.com slash keeperleaguepod. Got a few new patrons this week and uh, Kays, would you like to read them out? Absolute pleasure. Uh, we welcome Luke Cook, Benjamin Fraser and Nick Pedden. All right, on to the favourite segment, uh, Slim Pickings this week, but uh, that's the buy rounds for you. On to the listener tweets. Okay, to finish off the show, we're on to the listener tweets. So we'll read out the tweets that are tweeted of us. We only got uh, a few this week and quite a few are uh, similar. So we've only got two to read out for you tonight. But the uh, first one, at Trav014. So Petraka, last five, 83, 75, 83, 83, 81. Uh, I think with the season gone, he is getting thrown at the guts more. Uh, if next year he finally gets a full preseason in... Could he push toward what we thought he could be? Jeez, that was Is that your first read. time reading? No, I think it was uh, could have been worded better that uh, oh, tweet, but anyway. Don't be mean to our <laughs> listeners. Um, look, we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago, and I, I just worry about his actual, I don't know, his scoring ability. Like on, on uh, Monday, he actually was in and around the contest quite a lot, and it yeah. was good to see that he's actually got some of that intent because at times he's looked like he's not too interested in, yeah. you know, hunting the pill a lot wasn't really what he wanted to do. But uh, he did look pretty good uh, on Monday, but, you know, he's, he was still around the mark a lot, but just not scoring well. So yeah. I just I don't know if that bodes well because he's not – I can't see him taking that exact – that next level up where he's, where he's completely everywhere either. Well, prior to this week, he did spend a bit of time in the midfield on Monday, but before that – he was still kind of pigeonholed in that high half-forward role um, quite permanently. So, yeah, I don't know how much more midfield time he's going to get uh, as opposed to this, but you think with someone of his calibre, he should be doing or should be getting more. But he should be there by now. But if you yeah. think about it, you know, Oliver, Brayshaw, Viney, Jones to an extent, you know, there's they've got a pretty damn good midfield already. Yes, he probably should be pushing in there more, but he's not their top four midfielders at the moment. Yeah, maybe Jones on the way out in the next couple of years might benefit him, but, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll have to have a look at that one. La, the lucky last tweet for the night, case. What is it? At Bagels4, he's got Rob Riley O'Brien in a 12-team, 26-player, 5715, 13-keeper uh, league. But he also has Grundy, so he doesn't need the big guy. Uh, he's tried trading him to a Sa- Sam Jacobs owner, but they weren't interested, amazingly. Uh, and he's also tried to trade him to uh, teams with a weaker or older Ruckman with still no interest. 
he's now thinking he might be his 13th keeper. What are your thoughts, Hef? Um, yeah, I think he's definitely, like, he's scoring well enough to, or, you know, I don't know, 100% know what his average is. You have it in front of UK's at all. Not yet, but I can get it up for I'll you. I'll spin some shit while you look that up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think his average is quite high. So, um, you know, you just got to look whether he is better than your potential other 13th keeper would be. Mm. I wouldn't, I'm not really one to actually worry about their position. Um, I guess, you know, it, it will suck if you only play one ruck on the field and no utilities. Yeah. Like, that does suck a bit. But again, I'm hoping you have a pre-season trade period as well that you might be able to do something there because yeah. who knows what happens in the uh, in the off field um, the Sam Jacobs owner will probably come around I think as well so they're probably under the impression that Jacobs is definitely coming back sometime soon yep. um, but uh, yeah he might uh, come around eventually as well so what's Rob uh, well, he's averaging 85.6 which yeah. is pretty damn good yeah. um, so I do agree with your fact that you know if you're especially when a team's starting to actually look towards next season you know they're going to have to go well actually O'Brien's one of the best ruckmen in the league when you look at it he's um, yeah. currently one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, the eighth best averaging Ruttman in the league, and that's including Andrew Phillips. So, really, the seventh. Yeah. You know, so like a team would be crazy in a 12 team league to not have one of the top 12 Ruttman. I guess know? the issue it's- is the sustainability, whether some people out there probably do think Jacobs is coming back. There is a chance mm-hmm. as well. Or who's to say that I guess this form does continue mm-hmm. for such an early career player as well. You yeah. know, there can be ups and downs and slumps and things like that. So basically when it comes to it, don't trade him for peanuts. And if you have to, potentially keep him because, you know, you might actually get something even more valuable for him next year if, if you're not contending yeah, this year. Yeah, it, it just all depends on who that next keeper is. And, you know, again, it does suck if you do have to bench a ruck the next season, but you're probably better off keeping something like that in future trade potential. So don't even yeah. look at it like, oh, I'm keeping a ruck who's playing the bench. Oh, I'm trading future – I'm sorry, I'm keeping future trade potential that I'm going to turn into something decent the next season or whatever. Correct. Depends where your team's at as well, like whether you want to contend anytime soon or if you've still got a few years to build. Exactly. And lastly, we've got a iTunes review that's coming over the weekend. So, thanks to Mortimizer 4. He's called it the best fantasy pod. So, I know he's obviously lying there, but I appreciate the kind words. Uh, I really enjoy this podcast. It's great to hear the obscure names to draft for the future growth or to fill your D5 and F5 positions. Uh, Their Patreon staff is also top notch. Both are very dedicated to the work and the essay love is fantastic. Go Crows. Oh, I loved that review up until that. So, that's no, ruined it for me. Uh, but no, thanks for that, uh, Mortimizer 4. You're a legend. And uh, yeah, if any, everyone else or anyone else wants to leave a iTunes review, they do help us climb the ranks uh, and get the pod up there a little bit. And uh, yeah, so every little review or rating does really help out the podcast and helps us grow. All right, that wraps it up for the week. So, I guess we'll plug the socials at Keeper League Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Patreon is patreon.com slash Keeper League pod if you want any of the bonus content and uh, head to www.keeperleaguepod.com.au uh, that's our website but at the moment we're actually giving away the projections throughout the buy round so so you can have a bit of a go and you can critique them and judge them and uh, see how accurate they are uh, yeah have a look at the projections uh, again can be handy for the punt as well if you are that way inclined uh, some good historical data in that so anyway that wraps it up anything else from you Case? that's it for me mate All right, we'll catch you next week.